0: Does your mum and dad know you're going shit? Fucking you know. <laughs> hell. To be CRP to get in there it is <laughs> fucking terrible. Yeah, Peter
1: Jackson, football uh, legend. And a legend as well. But, exactly. Um, I, I will just. I, just before we start, I must say, I mean, thanks for inviting out your house. Okay, I feel privileged. I, yeah. Welcome to a legend's house. Yeah, yeah, I've
0: lived here. This is a house we bought when I re-signed for Bradford City the second time around. Right. This is a house that we bought on my return at Bradford. So that'd be 30 years ago, 31 years ago. Right. So a long time ago. Um, and we've lived here ever since. I've never moved when I became Lincoln manager. I didn't yeah. want to uproot my family, moved out of Lincoln. Lose six matches, lose my job. I've in Lincoln yeah. with a house that I can't sell. Kids want to come home. Kids are crying. They want to come out their own. Yeah. So I've always used this as my base when I went to Chester. End of my career. Yeah. I, um, I I used to drive up to Chester every day. So this has always been my base and my home. Mm-hmm. And I absolutely adore my house and my garden. As you know, I've told you about um, in my garden around the back. And when I was a footballer, uh, when I returned to, to Bradford, when we used to go away down south, on a way trip so he used to go it's big hotels with big gardens and he used to take cuttings of, of plants yeah. it, it, that's a rock star life isn't it footballer's is rock star They can't imagine them doing it now do well, at not when so you you, and you
1: cut off yeah, yeah, place, like a little, yeah, yeah yeah
0: I didn't get a bag for it, yeah, it. if on. you start two or three it, it costs thousands to fill yeah. a back garden so listen
1: this is it's a new brand new podcast yeah. um, I wanted you once so we've met several times but we are never had a chance to kind of chat. No, chat no, no. you know, have a discussion in in, in a bit more detail. It'll yeah. you are interesting chapter and great stories. Um, so it's another mixed podcast. It goes out on YouTube, Spotify okay. and iTunes. Um, we've got Napoleon's Casino involved on this episode. Yeah, yeah, good people there massive, like there. Yeah, unbelievable good people. people. So, um, so we're just going to have a chat, man.
0: Yeah, I'm okay.
1: Um, but I couldn't help noticing the huge map on your kitchen wall. Yeah, on your kitchen, kitchen
0: wall. wall, yeah. So well, obviously the red dots are where we've been. Uh, yeah. This is our next adventure. There's a cruise you can go around uh go around. Uh, South America. I want to do that next. I'm in South Africa, but I do yeah. most of, of other parts of the world, but uh, that's another thing I'm proud of. I, lo- I love travel. Uh, we travel a lot when, when we had uh, our kids at home. Yeah. And then obviously me and Alison have been traveling the last five years. Well, cut got across sort of um, semi-retired sort of thing. Mm-hmm. So um, uh, we, we do a lot of traveling, but that's our next big adventure is this, um, this cruise right around the um, but more than training, travel, travelling, absolutely, think? I think, yeah.
1: Next, a person, correct, sense, yeah. You, 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 get involved with cultures. Mm. Do you know what I mean? Different. But different I, I will look
0: at that. Um, in, in when our kids were younger, I was playing for Newcastle and Bradford. I were earning quite good money, so we managed to take our kids then uh, to Disney World back in the early eighties. Which not a lot of kids went to Disney World in the early eighties. And, and, and we did it and went at Caribbean and with kids all, all inclusive. And yeah. you know, we were in, in uh, St. Lucia when we were in the same hotel as Glen Hodel and his kids. And it would, you know, you just can't take them sort of memories away, can you? They're Absolutely. always with it. So I've always enjoyed travel. And uh, the one that wanted to go to Australia, I've always wanted to go to Australia because when I was a kid growing up, I used to watch Skipper. You remember Skippy?
1: Kangaroo,
0: Kangaroo of course, yes. <laughs> I love Skippy, koala bears, and Skippy. And I always said, um, I want to go to Australia. When we've got enough money, we'll go to Australia. So me and Alison went out to Australia uh, for three weeks, and we adored it. I didn't see Skippy. So plenty of kangaroos, but I didn't see the Skippy. I just remember Skippy when he went up in the air balloon, and uh, the guy who were um, the guy who, who um, guides the um, air balloon fainted. So the Skippy in his balloon. Skippy, can you hear it? Skippy goes, what? Can you let the sandbag down? Skippy landed a balloon can you believe that Skippy <laughs> magnificent so that's why I've ended up in Australia but it was, it you was great Can you get
1: away with doing that now no I don't but, think so no no. <laughs> no no I
0: don't think so <laughs> but that bit early 70s that but I love Skippy so oh, that was no. a reason so that was a great fantastic tour that's
1: amazing no it's cool You've got, you need to get more dots in America though mm. I'll give
0: you some advice on that one. yeah yeah I'll come and see you in um, when you, um, Colorado Colorado yeah <laughs> yeah. yeah. we've done America but um, as I say it's a huge it's a huge place is America uh, have you ever done coast to coast? Coast to coast, several times. Have you done I've been it? have on my own a few times. Have you? Wow. Yeah.
1: In the band van.
0: In the band van?
1: Yeah. But it's great though, because every single state, obviously we're going down the travel route, but you know, every yeah, single yeah. state's like a different country. Yeah, is it? Wow. Well, That's yeah. how we describe America, really. Yeah, yeah. You know what I mean? so let's just, like, rewind. Yep. I'm going to jump sure. down. Bradford, lad. Um, people who don't know you, because we've got people who watch not just England, do you know what I mean? People watch you mm. and also listen around the world. Football legend. Starting <coughs> up, obviously, being a footballer throughout throughout your early years mm. and then kind of it was a fast transition to management wasn't it really really fast transition really mm. which we'll touch on but it, where did it all start I mean Bradford lab yeah lab. yeah I
0: started at um uh, I was a schoolboy in Bradford and then we moved to Keithley mm-hmm. Me, uh, my dad bought small holding at Riddlesden and Keith which I I, I adored uh, being on a farm, we had chickens, hens, pigs, cows, everything, horses. And I was living a dream on the farm. And then I was playing for Bingley Juniors. I was about 14 then, and, and people recognized me as, as being quite a good footballer. And I started going on trials. I went to Sheffield United, I went to Burnley, and they offered me schoolboy forms. So basically, schoolboy forms, what it is, at 14 to 16, I was a schoolboy at Burnley. I was in the C team, and we played Stockport, and, and uh, what else would we play? We played Leeds United and C. And, and you know, we, I were playing quite regularly in that uh, that uh, sort of era and that team and then at 16 they have to make a decision did they give you a two year uh, apprenticeship mm-hmm. they want a scholarship or apprenticeship then and um, so they got rid of me I got released and Steve Bruce got released at the same time as well so he went to Gillingham mm-hmm. I went to Bradford City and but when I went to Bradford City it was like a three month trial a guy called and I still think about him, Bill Roper used to be a director at, um, down at Bradford City, and he came and watched me and he looked after me, he said, come down, and he used to pay my wages, did, uh, did Bill, and if it wouldn't have been for him, probably, I wouldn't have been a professional footballer, mm. really. Anyway, I did quite well, and by the time I was 17, I were, I were in the first team making my debut, by the time I was 18, I was captain, so I had a rapid rise from being this apprentice footballer, to being in the first team, to being captain to being watched by bigger bigger, and better clubs than Bradford City. And that's no disrespect to City, but my two years as an apprentice were amazing. They were me, Barry Gallagher, uh, Ray Ellington, Tibo Zabo, and basically what we wore. we didn't get coached, we didn't get coached, we had to clean boots, players used to beat us up, we used to go to shop, um, and it was just, we used to do pitch, we did everything. Absolutely everything, honestly. And, and on the Thursday, we used to go down uh, Canal Road at Bradford, and all we had to do, like a scene from Kez, remember the shaking yeah. cold? <laughs> go, yeah. yeah. And we were stood behind goal, freezing, depth of winter. I'm just looking after balls when I was in shooting practice. we no nets up, so we were just we're smashing. Down them down yeah, down yeah. So we were down there. That was our coaching. We didn't have to, Oh God, and Then we go back. We had to do shop clean, dressing room, prepare old kit for away game and it was just unbelievable. And then we used to have a cafe, we played um, a cafe at the Top of Valley Parade where the petrol station is. Yeah. There's a um, cafe up there. We used to go in there and play a pool for 10p. And I uh, became quite a good pool player actually. And then obviously 18, I signed, signed professional forms, but I a, re- a regular then. And, and Barry came, played a few games in the first team. rear left, he was able left. Um, but I've met some amazing um uh, people in, in, in football, okay. and but them, them years really shaped me as a person, uh, growing up in, in that environment down at Valley Parade, and I loved it.
1: Was, did you always have a vision of, right, I want to be a footballer, like, it, I don't know, like I'm with a, I'm obviously a musician, mm. um, I've always wanted to carry on playing the piano, and, you know, aim to get in a band, and, you know what I mean? Get be a rock stage. star, yeah, yeah. Well, yeah. Course, yeah, and it's perseverance, yeah, yeah. was it always your vision from an early age, going, right, you know what, I going to be a footballer, I'm going to, Work my backside
0: off, mm. and I'm going to do this. Well, what I, I, I always said, because I, I always thought I was an average player, but I had a good attitude. I, I was quite a good defender, but I could edit and then kick it. I've had all my teeth smashed out. I've had hundreds of stitches in my face. and But I still, I still love football, and, and I always thought, growing up, I wasn't the best player, but I had a really, really good attitude. And that, which led to me being captain at every club, probably, I've, well, I haven't been, every, every club I've played for I've been captain. So, um, but I had an attitude that um, I wanted to be successful and I wanted to win, but I never really, I never even thought about being transferred from, from Bradford City, not in a million years. You know, you'd you think, you, there were talk of Man United, Newcastle, Liverpool, watching the young centre-half at Bradford City, but it never crossed my mind. Even when I left, there were people in my family wanting me to stay at Bradford mm-hmm. because what we've just been through uh, after the uh, Bradford City fire, about yeah. 12, 18 months after that, I got transferred. You know, and my um, dad and my brothers didn't want me to leave Bradford. Um, but, so they were really disappointed. But I, I thought then I had to go on to better my career. Yeah. And that's when I realized that football's is massive. You know, I tell us I'm on the stickers, I got a sponsored car, I had a boat contract, and I'm living the dream. You know, we really started shopping at Marks and Spencers then.
1: <laughs> for me, that's
0: massive, <laughs> Marks and Spencers. But, um, so, uh, you know, my life completely changed that move to Newcastle. That Was it, yeah, you're, yeah.
1: Rafford, you're captain of Rafford, obviously. Yeah, I'm doing well, we're doing, doing really well. Um, playing for your home team, like yeah. you said, your family's life, yeah, um, yeah. gosh, don't leave. And where did that come
0: about? Um, I listened Seven months Pregnant with my son Oliver. Uh, she's seven months pregnant, and we're happy in Bradford. we're expecting our second child. And then I was just at home on a, a, um, a Wednesday on my day off, and I got a call from Trevor Cherry. He said, uh, we've accepted, and it's simple, I had no inkling of this. I'm there, cut me grass, went in, had a cup of tea, and Trevor Cherry around me said, we've accepted a bid for Newcastle. And I didn't, I didn't—I should have said, how much have you got for me? And I didn't, I didn't know till I signed at Newcastle how much to paid for me. He said, we've accepted the bid and the, uh, Willie McFarlane will ring you at uh, three o'clock and uh, they want to meet you tomorrow for your medical at Scotch Corner. And I put phone phone out. I was in a state of shock. Do you know what you think? I just can't believe that phone call. That phone call literally changed my life. You know, Alison was a bit upset because she was seven months pregnant. She wanted to be by her mum uh, and her family uh, down at Shelf where we lived. So it was a big wrench for us to leave. But What
1: we're going through here then when you get a phone call, you ask, obviously... Alan's was a seven months pregnant. Is it kind of like career, personalised? Oh, like on the kind of fence? Yeah. Or what do we do? But yeah, it's, it's a bit, a bit of 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 the best decision you could make for, you, exa- for, for going forward? For
0: ev- exactly. In terms exactly. of money. Yeah. In, in terms of t- in terms of everything. For, for for myself, you know, I probably had to leave Bradford to prove that I could play at a higher level. So we were a second division club, mm-hmm. uh, Bradford City. we doing okay. We were mid table, and to step up to all of a sudden to Man United. Arsenal, Chelsea on a regular basis. Then to go on in the first season and win the Player of the Year award in front of Gazza and Beardsley was was quite a a shock to me. That was a shock, even. You know, people said we'll win. I thought no way. um, But I I thoroughly enjoyed it, the move and everything. It was really, really different uh, for me to uh, to go into a new environment where I've been probably my comfort zone in Bradford. You know, I was a legend at the club. I was as a young lad. I get this move where. Um, I'm in a different place in a different city, and no one—I didn't know many people there. And then I became king of Newcastle in two years, and I loved it.
1: I suppose though, you, It brings it brings it out of people when they do something that they're not comfortable mm, with. Exactly. Actually. But
0: you don't realise when you you know you, you sign for Newcastle. You know I had problems. Alison was upset every night, wanting a moment. You know Charlotte, well, we just um, we took her out of school, and she never went back to that school. So it's people behind you that. Yeah. Have to move with you as well, and and, and people forget about that. So we but it was a massive French to leave Bradford. Minds in my head saying I owe it to Bradford to stop and, yeah. and, and and try and get him into the top flight, and I believe if I'd have stopped, we, we could have had a chance of doing that. Uh, I really believe that.
1: So you touched on Newcastle, obviously. We need to mention the Gazza.
0: Mm-hmm. I played against him um, when I was playing for Bradford. That's and I, I had two good games against uh, Newcastle. Yeah. at Went uh, well towards me getting me moved there, but Gaza was 18, then 18,
1: be yeah, 18, 19.
0: Massive, B- massive, frilly, like, but lovable. Not you know you? Yeah, come on, God, yeah. But for a young kid, Gaza, he was just the most. You know, everybody wanted to be around Paul Gascon. So the first time I went up, I'm there, and we used, we stopped in a hotel for the first week, and and we uh, we a house was being built for us. So we were in a hotel for a, a, um, a week. Then we moved, they had um, a club flat. We on on, play Aston Villa away on the Saturday. On the Monday, uh, we go to train. On the Tuesday, I'm in this club flat in, in Centre of Newcastle. Me and Alison, big knock on me door. Oh, down no one knows living. And it's Gaza. He'd been playing snooker with Big Jimmy, his best mate. And uh, he'd no money to get home. He said, oh, lads, all stop here. They all just lend me money to get home. So I had to give him some money to get a taxi home. And that was Paul Gascoigne, my first ever real, I'd been training with him, but, and then he, um, he used to pop round our house in Newcastle, but he was just a really, really nice kid, you know, He's one of them people, player. absolutely, he, he, unplayable, and if thing I've had injury, and remember the injury at the cup final, yeah. which I was there, he, he was, honestly, everybody who's, who's played with him, you ask him was the best player I've ever played with, they'll, they'll say Paul Gascoigne, but that injury did set him back. He was still a good player, but he wasn't world-class.
1: Was well, he like that from, as soon as you saw him from day one? From day one, His yeah, His skill, yeah. Everything. speed, exposure yeah, on, yeah. on the ball, everything. Everything,
0: that- and he was so strong as well. But the thing about Gaza, he didn't like, we had a table tennis and we had snooker at the training, he didn't like getting beat at anything, anything at all. And, uh, and we had first tr- session with, um, with Gaza about, we uh, had a month then, and we were cooking out again. we had this practice match. So had this practice match, and he's all elbows, I don't know if you remember, he were all elbows yeah, shoving, and his best mate, Paul Stevenson anyway, went whack, whacked him in the face, and broke Stevenson's nose. Game got abandoned, everybody were carrying on, everybody back in dressing, and William at Fall. So William MacFall's office is here, and the bench light was sat on here, is outside the um, William at Fall's office. And, and he starts slaughtering William at Fall, William at Fall comes out and slaps him, right? And Gazza went, that's fucking it, man, I'm going to get me fucking father. <laughs> and he went, he went, he went out of training ground, his dad came, it all kicked off. But for a young kid at 18, 19, I'm off oh, for me God. fucking father. But he wore a character. I love, up. I remember as well, um, that same period around that time, we, we got, spunk is it Berghouse, you know, the raincoats oh, yeah. was, back then they were about 100, 130 quid, 140 quid, well, a lot of money in them days. So we all got one, Newcastle United, I've still got mine, um, Newcastle United, I said, "Gaza, I like your coat. And he took it off and gave it to him. That was, he would just like that. He'd just give, advice, oh, either, yeah. he'd give everything away. Everything he give away. He we're generous. Oh, but one of them oh, yeah. sort of kids that you never forget. So years and years later, and this is about six months ago, I'm on settee uh, watching football. Uh-huh. And Alison's out and I'm watching football. And, and the phone rings about half past eight. Who's running me half And I never answer numbers that. I don't have a name. So I thought, oh, is this ringing at this time? No one's Hello. And um this guy says, oh, look, uh, Peter, I've got someone for you and he was at a dinner in Newcastle. He passed me over a he rang. How oh, are you, Peter man? And you know, we started talking. And it was like we'd never sort of been apart. He sat yeah, talking yeah. story. He went not for, for about twenty minutes. But you know, what a thrill for for Gaza to to, to to ring up me. But
1: switch gears management, obviously you went into management early age, like you mentioned. <clears throat> um I mean, was that kind of such like jumping in the deep end again? Oh, God, deep end, yeah. When Newcastle, yeah, yeah. going, oh, my gosh, what am I doing here? Yeah, exactly. Like, like right, but I'm going to, I'm going to do it, because exactly. the personality you are. Mm. What was it were like was like jumping into
0: of? Shipley Bass at the deep end. Off at Top Board. Off at Top Board, <laughs> with, with no um, rubber ring. <laughs> and, and right, I can't swim right. and I can't swim and that was exactly what it was like because I'm 36 and I've come into my career i played all these league games over 700 league and cup games I'm coming then so and then I became a championship manager the youngest uh, championship manager um, in, in the division and I had a, a staff meeting I'd never been to a, done a team talk really and it were all it just Chaotic problems that I never, you know, being a manager, you think you just deal with the, the players on the field. Gambling problems, people who had anger issues, problems with the, yeah. And I'm 36, sat there. I had a beautiful office and I'm sat there. I think, I'm thinking, a, God, I'm a football manager, but you, you don't expect the problems you get. It, it might be all different now, I don't know. But I was so proud. So we had some good players in that team, but they're underachieved. We had six points in, in October, mm-hmm. rock bottom. And I took a team, uh, from the bottom of the championship within 12 months we were top with we two points clear at the top which was quite an achievement I, I think I signed one player a couple of players Dave, Dave Phillips Parion uh, Wayne Allison was a big signing for me so I, I only signed a few players but I made players believe um, in themselves and turning up Absolutely. they won't enjoy playing football yeah. If you, you've no chance as a group of players if if you your players are turning up, not really wanting to come train. The Players turn up, yeah, they do training, but they have to come and want to win and better themselves. And the job as a manager, I had to make uh, poor players, good players, good players, very good players, very good players, excellent players, and you've got a chance. So they have to keep improving, and we did that. And I had a, a marvellous time in, in management. It didn't last long enough, and it. I, th- I think the sacking of me. um the first season it was called the Great Escape season, then we went top of the league, then there were rumours that uh, Barry Rubri from, from Bradford, Press Electronics, was coming in to buy the club because we were successful. He wanted to buy Leeds but it was too expensive, but he bought Huddersfield Town and, and straight away there were rumours uh, about I couldn't attract top quality players uh, to the club, um, blah, blah, blah. So... What attracts top quality players is money. Remember mm-hmm. the Peter Jackson, Nova, mm-hmm. or Andy Taylor, you know, it, money. Absolutely. They, and we want playing the top it. money. I get sacked, Steve Bruce. who I knew we're getting my job, which is an awful situation to be in, knowing that you know still a manager, but knowing at the end of the season he got to get sacked. So that sacking, it did hit me for six really. When yeah. Yeah, I, I didn't deserve it, you know, a manager loses six games, seven games on the trot. Now, bump they're out. You know, I, I didn't deserve that sacking. But luckily I went back and proved um, again at Uddersfield that I want a bad manager.
1: What was it that you used throughout your managerial career, that you've used in every single job that you think is a skill set you always use? I
0: think for me personally it's about man management of people and your people skills. Mm -hmm. And I've picked up quite a lot being a manager and and a captain of of clubs. So it's it's your people skills and how you get the best out of people. You know, you've got a group of players, say 25 players all looking at you. They've all got different problems, different issues. And it's how you cope with them. Obviously, you're a, you're a team together. But it's like bonding the teams together, getting spirit within a club. But I, I, it was just about bonding. Lincoln City were prime example. Rock bottom of the Football League. I took the job and we moved up to mid-table. So it was about them believing in me, really, and being upfront and honest with them. You know, it's no good bullshitting people and saying this and that. Just be honest, this is why I'm leaving you out. And, and you have to get your head down and and respecting me for that, I think. So
1: I'm not gonna ask you something now, obviously you don't have to talk about obviously you you were a cancer oh, you're a cancer survivor, aren't you? Yeah. yeah. You touched on it. You'd have to talk about it if you don't know. it. but like I say it's a it's a, a big thing that's happened in your life. Can you remember when when all that came about? Can you remember where you uh, were? Exactly, yeah, yeah, exactly.
0: Yeah. I was um I I I've been smoking about three years, but not I'm smoking about twenty five a day. So I want Smoking heavily. You start, you start smoking. Yeah, yeah. Just, I just—I don't know why. I, I had a couple when I was at sc- school. Boy, had a couple of fags, but that were it. So I started smoking. Went on holiday, and we had a me and Alison said, rather we'll minty cigarette, a mint c- menthol, menthol, <laughs> love a menthol." Then I got to Benson Edge, and then, you know, oh, Jesus, I'm, I'm, I'm hooked. But the worst thing about all this was to come home and tell me two children, because I couldn't tell anybody. There were me, Alice, my me two kids, and Steph Wright, the chairman at Lincoln. Because we, had, I couldn't start my treatment. I think it was four weeks or five weeks, I think. I don't know why, but that's for four, four or five weeks I had to keep it under cover. And then me and Steph arranged when the press conference who, who was taking over and I wiped the reasons why we're leaving. But Alison, I, I say it's smoking, but Alison puts it down to stress of, of what of, um, I've been through at Uddersfield, highs and lows there at Lincoln. And she puts it down to stress of football management whether that's true or not, because they can't tell you how you've got cancer, whether it's smoking or whatever, but Mm -hmm. it can be stress-related, and Alison always says it's stress-related due to being a a manager, which... So, um, but that was a really difficult time in my life and my career. You know, we're doing all right, Lincoln. We went from bottom to mid-table. I just won two managing month awards back-to-back, and we were flying. So two players for over 600,000 for a club bottom of the second division. Great. So, uh, and then, I had um, three months off. I should have probably took longer off, but I went back too early. I wanted to go back for pre-season. Uh, I left in April and, and went back in um, July, but should have had more time really. Mm-hmm. But that was an awful um, situation to be in. I probably went back a different manager than a different person, different outlook in life where football was everything. Do or die, and we're not on a Saturday. But it wanted it for me coming home on a Saturday, healthy and happy, and see my family and my, my two children and my wife. So that was um, that was a, a learning curve for me. That football's not everything. Absolutely, yeah, football's not everything. It's your health and your family. Your family and your health. That's everything. Nothing else.
1: Would you say that's why you haven't continued with him? Yeah, yeah, is that I that went back. You could be honest with yourself. Yeah, I probably yeah.
0: is. Yeah, because I didn't have that. Probably, I went back to Bradford. Uh, I don't regret going back to Bradford I thought I'll give it one last try you know it didn't work out but I still had three or four months at the club where I grew up as a boy in the yeah. town and the city and captained the club and I became manager I kept the club up that, that was my initial um, uh, uh, thing to do by Mark Lawn and, and Julian was simply keep the club up yeah. and I never ever <clears throat> taken over a club where there were more disinterested group of players ever honestly they didn't give a shit about Bradford. say. None of them. I would. I will say that they were just happy turning up, and there were fifteen, sixteen, seventeen thousand people turning up week in, week out watching them. And we, we, we could slip into the into the conference, and I'm thinking I don't want to be the first manager at Bradford City down. but we managed to stay up just. And uh, and things didn't quite work out. Um, the following season, I, I resigned early on, and I kept it, it was quite. Uh, emotional for me uh, at that time when I left Bradford City because I really, really, really wanted to do well at Bradford for my own time. Club. Club, I did, yeah. I don't do love the club, yeah. but that, that it, was, it was so upsetting how I, I resigned. And um, uh, actually Christie was a ma- ma- major factor in that a uh, real major factor you know some days he'd turn up he'd be chief scout then he'd turn up be commercial director then he were chief exec so I'd add it at times into what were going on but the problem didn't get addressed I told the problems the owners above what were going on but they decided to listen to win more than me mm-hmm. and it was a really sad day when I left um, Bradford. and a really sad day and, and I've always said I'd, after that experience I'll never ever get back involved at that sort of level, managerial level in football, I still love football. Don't get me wrong; I still football, mm-hmm. I'm absolutely love with football, but I don't ever want to be a manager uh, again. I've did got
1: you just made... Give you a salutation
0: pretty much was it kind of? Yeah, yeah. I think I think it did. Yeah. But now I look back, I've managed over 400 games. I've got uh, five uh, managed one towards, Some say six, but I've got five. So the yeah. um, um, bedroom upstairs. <laughs> uh, so and they can't take that away from me. They cannot take that away, no one can take that away. So, I've got over 700 as a player, 400 as a manager, that's over a thousand games as a player and a manager. So, I've not done bad from a rough lad from butcher. The best
1: piece of advice you've ever been given
0: as a manager? Um, As as a manager. See, as a manager, I've had Trevor Cherry, uh, George Mullall, Roy Matt Farland, Neil Warnock, uh, Willie Matt Fall, and. my advice is be yourself, because you can take good and bad bits. I've had bad managers. John Dockett was the worst manager ever. I've had bad managers and I've had good managers. So it was, it was for me to take the good out of every manager that I've managed, I've managed me, sorry. Yeah, yeah. So, and be yourself, you know, you can take all this, but just be yourself. And that's why people um, take to, to managers is just be yourself. If if I get sacked, I'd be myself. If I get sacked, try to be Rob McFarland or George Muller or, or Trevor Cherry. I've failed. Mm-hmm. But if I sack, if I, I get sacked doing it my own way, I've done it my own way. I'm not one. And that's what I did. You know, I try to be different. Like the huddle, you know, the huddle that all teams. I was one of the first managers to do that. In, in, in England. I was I remember there watching. Oh, it's
1: on camera.
0: I remember right, watching Celtic go. Celtic do it and I thought if I had become a manager okay. I'd love my team to do that. So we did that. I were like different I'd, I'd celebrate running down the touchline, they were talking about all these celebrations. I were doing that years ago. Uh, they would talk about film manager taking their players away to Norway camping. I were taking my players at Lincoln camping. You know so I were quite passionate I, yeah, I was exa- were. passionate, yeah. yeah. Anybody that being a manager will tell you this how lonely being a manager is as well mm. you know you get all the highs and everything off the game when you do well but no one thinks about it. when you're 3-0 up down at home at Valley Parade or, or down at the uh, Huddersfield mm. or Lincoln it's quite a lonely place yeah, absolutely Absolutely, but I loved it I, I really did enjoy it but that's that was my advice very early on be yourself yeah get sat being yourself which I
1: do think you might come across Yeah, everything. yeah I mean you and I have hosted events mm. uh the Five Nine Agency. You know what we're doing now and yeah. stuff like that. You you're definitely yourself. You are like who you are on stage, off stage. Yeah. Um, but one thing we did, we have spoken about in, in the past when I've interviewed you before, down at Bradford City. We're gonna have to touch on it, but we're only touching it briefly. 34 years since Bradford City fire. Mm. We've been obviously this month. Yeah. Um. You were captain in them, weren't you, Bradford City? Mm. You, you were there. You're on the field. Yeah, yeah. I mean. We don't really want to go into too much detail about the actual day because, I'm obviously, I'm sure you've spoke about it so many times. Mm. But do you think um, the the tragedy should be kind of recognised a bit more? Oh, without shadow a doubt. not just uh, in the UK, but I'm on about international. Mm.
0: It's it's always been the same that uh, the May 11th last game of the season there should be a minute's on every football league club in, mm. in England, non-league, everywhere throughout the the, the country. You know? And uh, because. You know, Liverpool, Heysel and Hillsborough, that's still in the headlines. You know, Bradford just more or less fell away sort of thing in, in the background of, yeah, I don't know, kids cookers. They cook me an omelette every night. You know, and, and that sometimes gets forgotten about the Bradford City fire. But you, I was down this week, last week, sorry, down at uh, in, in the town hall and come out. You know, you, there were four, 500 fans there. There's still raw emotion in Bradford about that, what happened that day. And, and, and rightly so, I still remember it was over yesterday. I've talked about the Bradford City Fire a lot, but there was a thing on BT um, yeah, about, yeah, 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 yeah. I did a piece of that, but there were some fans gone on that, I've never spoke about it before. And you could tell, you, could, you know, when I talk, I can, I can talk, because I've talked about it a lot, but there were some people opened up for the first time, and that were heartbreaking watching that. But you go down to that memorial, you, you see what that means to the city of Bradford and uh, it was full on emotion and uh, it's something that can never, ever be forgotten. One good thing that came out of the Bradford City fire is, is stadia change forever. and that, that changed the course of football really, did the Bradford City fire and, and rightly so. Because going back the years before, I was apprentice, there were holes in the floor, the wooden floor. Yeah. We just used to sweep rubbish down. It were a tinderbox waiting to happen.
1: Though. What are you up to now then? What's your kind of, what's your everyday What's your everyday
0: life. What I mean, what were you up to? You don't do the management anymore. We know that. Yeah, yeah. I'm still still around football. We're yeah, yeah. Down City, yeah, today. yeah. I've done at I mean, City Five right. Nine, uh, James know, Mason. Yeah, do uh, some hosting after yeah, yeah. He's good. Uh, good friend of mine. Yeah. Um, but I also I work um, for the LMA League Managers Association, yeah. and I love it working for the LMA. I've I've been on the course. I'm still in the course. Twelve month course. So I feel as though I'm back in a group now of ex-managers that were all right, in this right. group and. I've I've missed that camaraderie being around football people. You know, being out yeah, five yeah, or yeah. six years, so I'm back with a group of lads, and we are, we're all on WhatsApp and everything. So I work for the LMA. So I go mentor uh, managers. So I go around the country men- mentoring managers, and I love it. And they're all having the same problems I had. You know, the game's right. changing, and everything, but they're still having problems uh, with, with players and boards and that. So it's it still things don't change. I um, uh, I do some after dinner speaking. I work at this field in hospitality. Uh, we've got some properties. And you know when your life is really good. Mine's really good. Enjoy. I've got the beautiful. I've got three little grandchildren now, and wow. they've changed our life. I've got a beautiful wife of thirty-seven years, and um, as I say, I'm really, really happy. And uh, forget your plants. my good. Don't forget your good. Oh, my gardens <laughs> as I do again. So you do again. more
1: travelling, technically, I, around exa- the world. Right? Yeah, yeah, a little but snippets. I, the little
0: snippets. <laughs> but what if I get caught bringing the wrong plants in? <laughs> you <laughs> will
1: <laughs> be fine, it'll be alright. get <laughs> a palm tree from Florida. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, you've been to Florida, don't you? Yeah, 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 I mean but, uh, that, yeah. I'll bring you back something back from Colorado. Alright. All right. Listen, listen, we're just going to finish off. I've been doing it with every single person that I've been interviewing. It's simple. I'm going to fire some questions at you. First thing comes to you, head Right. And you, you can give a little explanation if you like. Um, and Just a bit of that personality of the Peter Jackson. Go on Alright, dog or cat? Cat. Brown or red sauce?
0: Red. No, brown. I thought it was be your first answer there. All right, sorry, all right.
1: <laughs> Sausage or bacon? Sausage. Favourite holiday destination? Australia. Off- Skippy story? Skippy story, right, okay. Favourite food? Pasta. What, just on its own? Have you got a bit of sauce? We, carbonara, I suppose. Carbonara, right? there you right. go. Favourite film?
0: Favourite film. Riters and Bob 2. Oh,
1: nice. Yeah, they're beautiful. It's on stage now as well. Yeah, I know. Anywhere you'd like to live in the world if money was no object?
0: Um, um, Australia again.
1: You like Australia, don't yeah, you? Yeah, I I love it. Is a flight just a killer though? No, no, I love long flights. Oh, right. Them
0: beds are really comfy. Right,
1: what annoys you? <laughs> what annoys you?
0: What annoys me? Bad manners.
1: Bad manners. Can you cook? Yes. What are you going to cook? For tonight's tea.
0: For tonight's tea. I've got, I got last night's tea was spaghetti carbonara, which I made. I've got steak and chips tonight. Friday's steak and chips night. Nice, I like big that. steak like that.
1: And your last question, three people, dead or alive, you're going to invite and cook steak and chips for around this table. Right. um, Dead or alive. And I'd I'd like to have a reason why you're going to invite these people.
0: Right. um, George Mullall.
1: Okay. George
0: Mullall was my first manager at Bradford City, me. He believed in me. He gave me my first pro contract. And he was my last manager as well down at Halifax. Full
1: circle? Yeah, full
0: circle. So I started with George and I finished with George. And... um, so he, he's one definitely I'd, I'd have. Right. Um, that's one. That's one. Football-wise, I'd have to invite Terry Yorath as well. Who okay. was my, he was my mentor. He's been my coach wherever yeah. I've been. And Terry has, has got some amazing stories about his Leeds United days. And he's, he's just an amazing bloke, is Terry Orroth. So I'd have to say Terry because if I didn't say him, he'd go mental. Yeah. Um, and the last one, I'd have to invite Alice and my wife. For putting up with me for 37 years. 37 years I she's put up with, with me. No, I, I don't yeah, know where she's me. gone. I don't <laughs> know where she's gone, but I'd have to invite Alison because no, I adore her and I love her, and uh, she'd have to sit with me.
1: That's a good
0: night, isn't it? Great night. Best night ever.
1: Peter, thank you so much. you yeah, It's obviously Friday, and you're obviously relaxing and stuff, but thank yeah. you so much for inviting us down to podcast, YouTube, Spotify, iTunes. Thanks to Napoleon's Casino, who also love you. Well, um, the, great, the good people. And yeah, Super so Jane. yeah, people have to watch out. Afternoon speaking, hosting, you know what I mean? You're there, yeah, yeah. aren't you? But yeah. great stories, unbelievable. Good. thank well, you. have a great weekend and thank you so yeah, much. Yeah, you yeah, you're welcome. Top my thank yes. you. Cheers.